0: Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Robbie Catter joins us. Robbie, firstly, uh, the miners that are missing uh, in that mine collapse that has taken uh, on, and happened at Cloncurry. Our thoughts with everybody at the moment, not great. No, mate. Yeah, you know, I've had people ringing say, My brother works out there and, um, and,
1: you know, just generally rattles you, I suppose, even... I don't work in the mines. Um, a lot of people don't, but you all got a, a strong attachment to it. And it's the main industry in Mount Isa, and one of the main industries in Conco. So it, it um, rocks you to the core when something like this happens. And um, look, you know, we, we still pray for a miracle, Dobbo, but yeah. um, it, it's pretty grim. And um, they found well. the vehicle.
0: They have found the vehicle. The the rescue crews found the vehicle of the two missing mine workers um, that were driving but there's no sign yet of the two missing men who were dri- driving uh, in that site short of Cloncurry. And it's understood the drilling rig fell 15 metres down, uh, down a void underground in the Dugald River mine. So, uh, I mean, our, our thoughts are with everybody. These mine collapses happen. It's a big part of uh, the industry. Mining is a huge part of Mount Isa and Cloncurry and through there that you're very much – and we need it there, but this is a real tragedy and hopefully there is a miracle. Yeah, it's um,
1: it's a you know it's not an acceptable part of the industry, but it has been part, and it's just um, well, you, everyone can't help but think about their own personal experiences and think um, how hard it'll be not to have someone from your family come home at night from work. It's um, and I hope it sort of reminds people just um, you know, try and be safe in the workplaces. Um, and there's nothing more important than coming home to your family at night, so. Um, yeah, mate, we're yes. just we're just hoping out, yeah, and I don't have much more information than that I've got to say. The minister's been very good, uh, right on top of things, keeping um, me and others informed. So everyone's doing the best they can at the moment. We're just hoping for the best.
0: Yeah, you did right and well said, mate. Can we talk quickly about youth crime? I mean, I had David Christopher on yesterday, and rightly so. I mean, he's late to the game on this. This is something that you've been going on about for four years, and. When it happens in Toowoomba and there's 150,000 signature petition, yet she doesn't even have the respect the Premier to attend a forum for it. I mean, seriously, and, and it's not Toowoomba only. It's Mount Isa, it's Cloncurry, it's Cairns, it's Townsville, it's Charters Towers. It, it is in every single town we've got youth crime. The Premier don't want to know about it. She does not want to do the things that are important and these are the things that and I mean this, that, that are absolutely crucial, crucial to have to change because people don't feel safe in their houses.
1: Yeah, it's probably probably one of the most important elements of politics is fronting up, although um, there's plenty of times um, I've had to do it um, and I'd like to think I'd, I've done it all the time. It, it, it's tough and uh, it's where you learn your best lessons and, and the, whole, the whole reason – Front up to people is to have some empathy for them, to understand what they're feeling, the pain they're feeling, the fear, the the anger, the frustration, and that drives your motivation to change yeah. the laws or the policies that govern you. So, um, you know th- that's really what's happening there. That's a refusal to um, to take pull any empathy from that that community. And I know, and uh, there's you know there's other ministers there, but unfortunately for the premier, they're not performing so it now rests on her shoulders and, um, and you know, she's got to run up to these things because it's it's become that big an issue and um, that pervasive throughout all of Queensland and so acute and it's driving so much uh, division and anger in the community that it, it really requires just effort from the top. And we've got some stuff coming into Parliament next week, Dobbo, um, but I, I can't help but be a bit cynical, mate, that um, it's it's going to fall well short of the mark. From the significant changes we need,
0: yeah, um, we um, we w- we look at them and we we say, well, why why is she so defiant and why is she such a in a lot of ways arrogant towards this? But then we also see the two hundred and fifteen million dollar white elephant that's been mothballed. That, that that that's the COVID hub just out of Toowoomba. I mean. Blind Freddie knew this was a this was a dog with fleas, and she she won't she won't give us any taxpayer side. We we we've got nothing. We've got no mm. world camp COVID quarantine facility is up and running, and, and good luck to the Wagners. I'm happy the Wagners got some. Yeah, I'm got nothing against the Wagners. They're businessmen, yeah, and yeah. They, they, you know they got it through. But it's our money that the Premier just went and lashed out, and it was like a year by too late. Like she got it done after yeah. the public interest, but a year too late. Yet she won't answer anything will yeah. not answer yeah. a question about it.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of do-ro-me there uh, invested in that, Dobbo. And, um, well, I think, you know, I, we've spoken about this before, but I think, the, you know, the biggest problem is we need to think of a change. Uh, we would advocate in the KAP that you need remote sentencing, you need to change the sentencing law so a magistrate has an alternate option rather than prescribed uh, detention facilities are there. So if you're going to utilise something like, the, the, you know, the Wagners accommodation, you need to change the laws so that the magistrate can order... Or force the kids to to go somewhere else than a prescribed detention sure. facility, sure. and that opens up all sorts of doors. Then cattle stations, you know, um, remote education facilities. But uh, and I think remoteness is, is a key element to a lot of this. But you know, those sort of facilities, I'm sure they could uh, repurpose those as well, incorporate them. The premier's talked about two new youth detention facilities. That's about 500 million each. Yeah. So that's a billion dollars. Mate, do you want to know how many remote facilities like I could build you for $100 million? I could be, a, you know, we could get 10 or 20 out of $100 million and she's going to spend a billion on two facilities that don't work. 95% recidivism out of Queensland Bay Detention Centre in Townsville. So nice. they don't work. They're just, a, you know, throw them in the bin. That's doing nothing. And that's, that's their big play so far. That's what they're talking about. So, and as long as she's listening to the bureaucrats, who I guess they're all scared for their jobs because if they say, anything outside of government policy, they won't get the promotion or won't keep their job. So they're all just in an echo chamber telling the Premier what the, the same thing. They'll never step outside of their lane and suggest something new, like remote sentencing, yeah. like we've been advocating the KAP. And, um, and you know, Dave, um, you know, Dave's been a good um, agitator, but uh, we've all got to get on board with some good solutions. The, the breach of bail is not nothing, but we've got to go a lot further than that. And um, and, you know, we'd like them to echo in the chorus of what we're suggesting because I think I think with some alternate sentencing and remote sentencing. And, you That's know, the LNP themselves, did, they, they did boot camp. So, I mean, they've only got to re-embrace what they did in the past yeah. and it's a different form of that. But um, so there's a good pathway forward, mate. There's some, there's some real solutions. But as long as uh, Labor just keep looking inward at themselves in an echo chamber, listening to their bureaucrats who are scared to step outside of their lane, we're all wasting our time.
0: Yeah, well, this is a more of a federal issue, and I'm worried about towns such as Mount Isa, Camelwill, You're you know, they are in real threat and need to be safeguarded from the consequences of the Northern Territory's backflip on alcohol and the prohibition. Now, there has to be, there has to be a register of something, you know, because how do we know? Um, like, th- th- this could be cause massive, massive intake into Camelwill and Mount Isa for alcohol and could cause all sorts of dramas. Yeah, mate. Um you know, I've recently called and asked the KP for the banned alcohol
1: register to extend from the Northern Territory to the territory into Mount Isa. And also look at proof of address like um, they've got in the territory so, you know, there's people we got up to four hundred people living in the roof there. Four hundred people. And mate, I don't know if that number sounds big over the radio. That's a heap, mate. You go and look at you, you go and look at that, and along with that comes a lot of horrible stories with kids and um, alcoholism and um, and social disruption, mate. It's, it's pretty terrible to live with, and that's not good for anyone, though Having someone drinking themselves to death in thats not helping anyone. It's not helping those people. It's not helping us, and uh, and and it's pretty much like the government just pretending like the situation's not there. I will say I had a phone call from the Aboriginal Affairs Minister uh the Department School something else in Queensland but yesterday who, I'll you know, I'll give him credit. He, he was up there and we did have a productive discussion about some of the pathway forward, which is the first time anyone from the state government and, you know, I'd say the last five, or six years has been looking at this as proactively um, had a discussion with us. So, um, you know, I'll give him that yesterday. But, um, mate, yeah, we, we need some tools to... Agitate, so it's a bit uncomfortable for these people. to At the moment, there's just no pressure on them at all. Living the river bed, they can do what they want, um, throw rocks at the police, do you know, agitate and um, and really disrupt. You know, people trying to do their shopping, old ladies that being um, bugged for money, you know, begging for money or food and yeah. um, in the street. And that sounds terrible, mate. But it's just you know that's not right for anyone have, living in that situation. Like those people need help and they're not getting help if you just pretend they're not there. So, you know, you've got to ban alcohol registers, which at the very least just allows you to identify people, know that, you know, where they are, what the problems are, um, proof of address. So if you don't, you know, if you've got no address in Mount Isle, you shouldn't be buying rob there, and that can be a deterrent. And then um, you can do things, you know, tightening up the housing register so so the police in Queensland know, um, have visibility on the housing register in Northern Territory or they can say, mate, you've got a house in Tennant Creek, you can't be here. Um, that's, you know, there's all these, these little things that, um, we could be doing right now. I discussed those with the minister yesterday, he was listening. So, um, yeah, like, mate, that, that they're the sort of things because if you tighten the screws in territory, it doesn't fix the problem. It just displaces the, the Queensland. Mount Isa is the first bitumen, um, you know, first city on the bitumen road coming in. So. We're bound to just get worse and worse um, impacts from those territory interventions.
0: That's what you think. Quickly, um, we know the Westpac issue in Cloncurry—that's a disgrace—and we know that this announcement is being looked at federally. But can I just—and I and I and I know it's in your wheelhouse, and you've been filthy about it. But can I just quickly touch on the blue card bill? Um, yeah. You've issued a last-ditch appeal to try and get Labor over the line on this now we know the member for cook Lou, who represents around a dozen uh, Aboriginal communities where life-changing legislation would apply is she at all behind and behind you on this and does she understand how important it is
1: uh, regrettably i you know I can't speak for her but I'd almost guarantee you she's not behind me and um, she's um, you know typically always just stays in a does whatever the party tells her in parliament so I suppose she'll do the same with this which is horrible, um, Dobbo, because, and yes, the member for Cook, Cynthia Blue, she, she's from the Torres Straits, and she has more Aboriginal communities than I do and there is absolutely no way you could not be listening to a, a an, an ocean of misery, of complaints of people crying out about saying, mate, I'm trying to get back on the wagon. Can you help me get my blue card application? You know, the job's gone now, but... Um, you know, people, um, you know, believe it or not, there's a lot of people in these Aboriginal communities that are really trying to break out of that cycle and um, and we just keep putting barriers in front of them. There's probably a lot of your listeners that say, oh, blue cards are there for a reason, you know, protect from kitty fiddlers. Well, I'd say back to, you, to them, um, if you think waving a blue card around the school or the hospital is helping um, any of the terrible things happen to kids back in the home, you're kidding yourself. It's got nothing to do with it. All the blue card's doing is stopping And progressing some of the chronic alcoholics are getting them off the, out of that quagmire and into, you know, meaningful work. And Ms. Lamb Sam, the mayor of Palm Island, said it best. He said, be brave as a government. And this is be brave to Cynthia Louie, member of the Cook. Be brave and do something to help us get work. We can't get kids to school if they can't see their parents getting into jobs. And this is the biggest barrier for our parents getting into jobs. So that's it's all, it's all about though is getting our first Australians into work and trying to break that cycle and that's real change, that's real action and that's where the government should be focused. That's what the KAP is doing, and Labor and uh, Cynthia Louis and Cook will be opposing it.
0: Um, mate, look, I really appreciate your time this morning and you're dead right. Um, we'll we'll continue to fight this with you as well because it has to change. Thanks so much for being with us this morning on Rural Queensland today.
1: Thanks, Dov. I really Good. appreciate time, mate.
0: Good on you, mate. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network.